Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics, as well as self-improvement. If you want to find out more about me, visit my website, jake-parker.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to the Beyond Fit podcast. My guest today is Megan. She was first on, it must have been at some point in 2019, I can't remember exactly, but uh, first heard her story on Mike Matthews' podcast. I love listening to his uh, transformation podcast, which I was lucky enough to be on one time, and I think Megan was on shortly after me. So I got to hear her story, kind of reached out, and she's doing something sort of similar to what I'm doing in building a business online. Uh, since then, I'm curious to ask about, you've kind of taken it to a new level and gone in a lot of different directions, so I think that we'll get to talking about that. But uh, if you want to go ahead and say hi on your end and kind of talk about your story just sort of in a nutshell. Yes, hello. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so um, last time we spoke was, I'm pretty sure it was September 2000. Yeah, I was thinking like bordering on fall of 19, yeah. Yeah, um, so... I just, I can remember it because of where I was and what was going on in my mm, life. Mm-hmm. Because so, yeah, I am a digital nomad, um, somebody who just travels full time and not in the sense that I'm like constantly moving around. In fact, I don't really like that kind of traveling, but just that I don't have any one place that I is like my home. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of go wherever I want, stay as long as I wish. Um, and obviously all of this is possible because when you're fully online, you know, you can go anywhere. So mm-hmm. I've been traveling consistently like this, like nomadically for, I guess it's like almost, it's going on four years now, which is pretty cool. Um, but only online, I'm coming up on like two year anniversary of online business beginning, mm-hmm. like very, very beginning, which is also crazy. Um, so right now I'm in Puerto Escondido, Mexico, which is in Oaxaca province, um, which is the Southwest Mexico on the Pacific coast. It's absolutely stunning here. I really, really love it. And yeah, it's definitely been a good place to be hunkering down while the world is going crazy. It's Mm -hmm. been pretty calm here. So I've been grateful for that. Um, And yeah, amidst all of that kind of, it just all lined up where I realized because previously I was coaching fitness one-to-one online like coaching women on nutrition and fitness with one-to-one clients and I kind of realized that I wasn't really that interested in continuing with that anymore Mm -hmm. or like that I maybe hadn't ever really been that into it but it is a great way to get started in business because you don't need anything special other than just the knowledge that you have and you can start getting clients and start making money and it's great. Um, but there definitely are drawbacks and obviously it depends on the person, but I think I just kind of realized I wanted to try other things. So yeah, I started, I decided that I was going to build a membership website. So okay. I have my first round of ladies cause it's only for women, um, that are doing that right now. And I'm kind of ramping up for the second big launch now. Um, And it's been really cool. I've learned so much about technology, automation, all this stuff that I wasn't Mm -hmm. learning about at all, just doing a coaching business. So definitely like moving into having it being like 
totally about digital products, um, just like fully online, where it gives me the ability to serve more people because it's more automated, um, but still giving me also more freedom overall. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really liking this overall direction. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of similar to like what something uh, another friend that I met online, Max Not, uh, he's someone I met through Instagram. He's doing something kind of similar in like a, a texting service. So kind of like the same thing building that community and I think that it's interesting because like you say you know working one on one with people obviously you can see how impactful it is and you get to you know like see these transformations and stuff like that but it really limits because you have to talk to everyone and have engagement and stuff like that one-on-one it kind of limits the extent that you can really you know get to multiple get to a lot of people and I like the sense of just like the building the community aspect of it yeah, for sure. It's nice because I kind of tried to have the community aspect going on with my one-to-one clients, but I always kind of struggled with it. Um, but now since there's more overall members, it's been really cool to see like there is such a community vibe. And it's funny because it's like there still is kind of like this coaching aspect to it, but it's it's just not as um, like not demanding of mm-hmm. my time and being and any place for any one person I just think it it works better for me and like it just I had to kind of think about that I'm like you know how does this actually align with my overall mm-hmm. vision of what I want to achieve and like you know my why and mm-hmm. for me it was like oh you know I don't want to just help a couple people I want to be able to help hundred thousand yeah. you know so this is a much better way to do that yeah and plus like not that it's I think we'd probably both agree that it's not all about like the business motives and the making money, but it just seems like a lot more scalable and reasonable business model that you are doing this thing that is like, it's, it's not based on one-to-one with somebody where it takes an investment of your time and you have to keep up with all these different people, but it's more so, you know, you get to be a creator. Like I see you making these new streams of content. And I think that it just, it makes sense business-wise, as well as just like people like you who have the personality of wanting to be, you know, less engaged on the, on the day-to-day and the speaking with people, uh, you know, client check-ins and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I totally agree. Like it, it, it is so much more scalable. Um, obviously it's a process to really get it to, to really grow to where I want to be. But I mean, honestly, I've been enjoying it so much. I've just been having so much fun. Um, And yeah, it's funny. Like I never really thought of myself as a creator or somebody who even enjoyed that. Mm. But now that I'm doing it and like I've been, you know, I went and I decided like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get like, you know, a a good filming setup. So I like got a good camera, good audio, good lights, the whole thing. Um, And I've just been going crazy making so much content, but like, I actually am finding it so much fun and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I actually do have this creator side that I didn't really know about. And, um, it's actually, and I don't know if you know, Amanda Bucci. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I've heard she's, of her. she's pretty famous. So actually how this kind of all got started was she obviously has a, a very big podcast and she did this whole thing where she talks about the entrepreneurial archetypes. And I was listen. I was in Oaxaca City. I was listening to the podcast while I'm working out in the gym. And I was like, and she talks about there's four main archetypes of entrepreneurs. The entrepreneur, which is I guess 
like more like kind of like the person, the entrepreneur who's, who is more of like the vision, the systems builder, the kind of CEO, mm -hmm. like the person who loves that and like thrives on that and just naturally is good at it. Then one of the other ones is a creator. And so at this time, you know, I'm listening to this and thinking like, no, oh, no, I don't think I'm a creator really. Um, but obviously that's the type who like loves creating content and like enjoys that whole process. Um, and then there's coach. So of course, <laughs> what I kind of used to be doing and realized, I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm actually not like, I still can coach to some degree, but having that being like my dominant role, I kind of was like, you know what, I think this isn't really my thing. Um, and then the last one was teacher and it was the teacher one, like what she was describing. And I was like, Oh, this is so me like mm -hmm. this. And then that was kind of actually how I first started even thinking about moving away from coaching and trying something else. And then kind of around when COVID was happening, all these um, like big business mentors that I look up to a lot, sort of talking a lot about memberships. And they were like, it's such a great way to add stable recurring revenue into your business. Um, it's such a great thing to be offering at this time with so much uncertainty giving people a low cost option to still be able to access kind of everything that you know. And yeah, it just made me, I was like, Oh, this is, this is such a great idea. This makes so much sense with me now identifying that I'm so much more of like a teacher and the difference between a teacher and a coach really is like a coach does super, super well in the one-to-one -one realm, but a teacher really likes the one-to-many. And I'm like, yeah, that is totally me because I'm like, I just love, you know, nerding out about fitness or about traveling and like studying it and then being able to kind of share my knowledge with the masses and being able to help them help everybody um, learn from it instead of just kind of really intensely focusing on one person the way that a coach would. So where I'm curious, like the people that are in your group right now, how did you get to know these people? Like, where did they come from? how does it growing and stuff like that yeah it was honest it was all organically it was all, all just so yeah i did you know all these these mentors um these big business online digital people that i really look up to a lot were all kind of talking about membership stuff and one thing that they were talking about which i guess is essentially the same thing as like a, a beta launch but they were like oh you know to to even test your idea for a membership to see if the market even wants it. You know, you do what's called a founding members launch and you just say, mm -hmm. you literally go to your audience and say like, I have this vision of what I want to create. This is, you know, how it would work. Would you be interested? And so I pretty much just decided like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do that. And I did it for one week where I was like, I have this idea. I want to create this membership. It's going to be like, the Netflix for fitness for women, mm -hmm. like, and teach you, you know, how to go from where unfortunately most women are, which is like not having a clue and doing things totally wrong and get you all the way to where you're like a pro. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so it was all just organically. I was just doing it on Facebook, like on my personal page in my Facebook group on Instagram and then to my email list as well. Um, so now part of, now that I've actually had the first, this round of founding members and I've been able to like, you know, actually launch the membership, get their feedback, 
that was a huge thing for me too. I used to be very, very afraid of asking for feedback, even though mm-hmm. maybe logically that didn't make any sense. I still was like, oh, but it's always I-? scary. Yeah, because you're like, what if they say something bad? But it's like mm-hmm. the whole point is knowing, right? And it makes so much. And you know, it's just like a totally different, much more sophisticated kind of business approach, like lean startup kind of idea mm-hmm. of like, okay, well, like you know, ask people, do you want this? Give them what you think it should be and then ask for feedback. Be like, is this what you like? Is it helpful? What else would you like? Um, so I finally, yeah, I did that with this this batch of founding members and it was so great. And I was like, oh, why, you know, here I, I've been so afraid to ask for feedback. And then I did and it was so positive. They were like, I love it. I love the way you made the videos. It's so helpful. It's changing my life. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So it just gave me that confidence too. That okay, if I can make this small group of members happy and I can actually make it functional, then that tells me like, okay, then I am able to scale it. Right. So that's kind of what I'm ramping up to right now. Is this like, and I'm hoping to actually launch it again. Um, like very end of July or beginning of August. I'm not entirely sure yet. Um, But in order to reach more people, I am finally for the first time ever stepping into paid traffic. So this is like a brand new feature for me right now. I'm just- Yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah, yeah. So like all of this stuff, it's been so transformative. I've been learning so, so much. Because again, just like when you're doing one-to-one coaching, all you need to do is kind of like find people on Facebook or on Instagram and like, you know, you can just have your calls over messenger. You don't need to do anything fancy with your technology Mm -hmm. or like systems really at all. Um, So I was in that place for a long time and now it's like, okay, now you have to actually learn Mm -hmm. how to build systems and build automations and how to make the technology work for you. And furthermore, how to reach more people so that you can, have a bigger impact um, and obviously also make more money and make and have more resources overall. So, so yeah, I'm right about to, I just filmed it today. I filmed my Facebook ad. I've been doing the whole thing of like, cause I'm hosting my membership on Kajabi, which has been great. And I really, really like them. And what is using, that? I don't think I've heard of that. It's the oh, really? advertiser. Okay. Um, no, it's, it's, I guess it's like a, online business hosting platform kind of thing. Okay. So Makes there's sense. a couple like really big ones. Kajabi is definitely the, the most famous, the biggest one by far. Um, but there's Kajabi, there's like Thinkific. There's a couple of these things. And it's mm-hmm. like for people who create kind of, you know, any kind of like digital product thing. So whether that's a course, membership, whatever, it's just kind of a place that you can host it and sell it. Obviously, you could also just do it on WordPress and all of that. Um, and I was considering that at first, but I was like, okay, that seems like that's like going to be a little bit too much to figure out. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm just going into technology, um, the Kajabi is great because it's kind of like an all-in-one. Like you can have your website there, your email marketing, your membership. Um, like you can build the automations and. 
what's been, it's just super, super helpful for somebody like myself, who is like new to this world and needs guidance and needs help. Because mm. when you're using Kajabi, you also get access to like a 24 seven uh, live chat. Oh, so anytime nice. I don't know what I'm doing, I just literally go on there and I'm like, okay, this isn't working. What should I do? And they walk you through step by step. Um, that being said, it's not necessarily cheap, but it's definitely worth it overall for sure. Mm-hmm. And especially because it's like, again, the way they work is it's kind of an all-in-one thing. So before, you know, I was using MailChimp for my email marketing and now I'm like, oh, well, Kajabi already has the email marketing inside of it. It also has the website and the landing pages. So it's like all these things I would have gone to outside sources for and been paying like random prices. It's like mm-hmm. now it's just bundled into one with all the help like it for me it's it's huge so yeah and i kind of feel like when you when you think about money and like entrepreneurship and having your own business it seems like it's hard to get out of like the traditional mindset of oh this seems like a lot of money or this you know this is expensive this is not expensive but it's like you have to think about what sort of impact it's going to have on your business and i'm sure that you see even though this looks like a lot of money coming out hopefully it's going to pay you know, however many fold coming back in, in your own ease, your own experience, your own automation and stuff like that. And obviously like in payoffs in your business. Yeah, for sure. No, honestly, it already has. It was just like the very, very beginning. So, cause pretty much, gosh, it's the last day of June, last mm-hmm. day of uh, quarter two. I realized that this morning and I had like a whole journaling session. So it's like, I need to reflect. But mm-hmm. um, this month, this month of June, has been my first month actually with a live membership. So yeah, pretty much in May, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I did the founding members launch, but I told them like, um, and that that's part of the strategy as well. It's like, if you decide to join me as a founding member before I even actually have a membership to give you, like I'm telling you, this is what I want to create. Would you be interested? And like, you know, it's not ready yet. And you're going to kind of help me create it by telling Mm -hmm. me exactly what it is that you want. Um, And then also telling them like, as a founding member, you're going to get the lowest price ever that this membership is ever going to be. And you'll maintain that price, which it never will be again, so long as you're a member. Um, So pretty much I did that in May. And then in May was like, okay, I did the launch. People signed up. This is exciting. (laughs) People actually want it. And then I built the whole thing out and then it was like, okay, June 1st was the date for it to go live. And I was like, okay, it's June now. And, and then now, yeah, it's been one month and I've been able to see like, okay, you know, how do I actually want to structure this thing? Um, I figured out just for myself to how to make it functional in terms of like how to produce the content. Because at first I realized I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting in the, the content hamster wheel here of mm-hmm. like saying like I'm, I'm gonna do all of this stuff every single week and then mm-hmm. realizing like that didn't really make sense and it's not even necessary for my members to have a good experience so just figured out a lot and obviously got the positive feedback which reinforced that like okay this actually can work for me um and yeah so I mean at first I was unsure about Kajabi like very beginning like should I host my membership there but now I can tell you like after a month using it like oh my goodness it is fantastic Mm -hmm. highly recommend it um I don't have an affiliate link but if anyone's listening and interested 
there's lots of like you can just find it if you go like on youtube and stuff and look up should i use kajabi there'll be a bunch of people and you can get a 30-day free trial because i think on the actual website they give you a 14-day maybe but that's a little hack if anybody wants to check Mm -hmm. it out okay and what's interesting to me is like probably what you've come to realize is even if you know it's not like you can immediately see this investment gave me this amount of money. Like at the same time, if it's more ease on you and if it's easier on your time, and like you talked about using five different platforms, sending your emails here, you know, keeping track of, of clients here and stuff like that, just automating that much stuff. I don't think a lot of times when people speak about money, there's enough of an emphasis on your time, on your, your ease of mind and stuff like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And honestly, again, to me, and I, you know, I was asking other people who were doing membership sites and a lot of people were were recommending Kajabi Um, and something I kept hearing again and again, they were like, honestly, their customer service is the biggest thing, like having that 24 seven live chat for anything Mm -hmm. that you need. Um, And I can say now that like, because again, like trying to figure this all out on my own, like being completely noob with technology, having people there that you could just be like, okay, this isn't working. Can you check it? And yeah, that alone, I'm like, it is, it is totally worth it. And then on top of it, it, it does obviously have everything that you need, you know, website, landing pages, email marketing, membership hosting, um, mm-hmm. it shows you all the analytics, all the data that you need, like everything and then yeah if you're confused by anything you just ask (laughs) the customer service and Mm. you figure it out right away so it's it's been huge and if anybody yeah if you're thinking about having like a digital course or membership or something i would really really recommend kajabi Mm -hmm. so you talked about like having business mentors i can't remember i think we might have touched on this last time but do you have like a single coach so last year and I guess this yeah last time we talked I still would have had like a personal one-to-one coach um so yeah it's funny because 2019 was the year that I was like really really coaching one-to-one fitness Mm -hmm. and I was just and I was brand new in this whole world of business and entrepreneurship and honestly like I didn't know anything outside of the one-to-one coaching world like I just didn't even understand about other business possibilities other business models you know this Mm -hmm. is the only one that i knew and i feel like when you're in this like coaching one-to-one high ticket world it's kind of like i don't know it's it's constantly in your face so pretty much point is like i was doing high ticket one-to-one for like my own fitness clients and i was making lots of money doing it but then the problem was that I in turn felt that I always had to be investing in my own one-to-one business mentors. And so I, you know, I was getting all this money, but I was also giving so much of it away Mm -hmm. to these mentors because I thought that I had to. Um, And it's something like, yeah, I mean, for anybody who's like a new entrepreneur or something, big, big piece of advice. Like if I could do things differently, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I wasn't more careful or like more thoughtful about the way that I spent my money, like hard earned money. And I was just kind of giving it away because, and the thing is, is like, you know, I don't really regret it. Cause I'm just like, that was, you know, what you thought was right at the time. Right. The only reason I thought that was right is because I just was not 
educated or like very or aware about any other options but it's like now you know and that was like a big commitment I kind of like made to myself I was like okay going into 2020 I'm not like investing any more money um unless I really 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 feel like it's worth it so to answer your question um in this second quarter like pretty much this whole quarantine time I did actually invest in now three programs I literally just signed up for the third but the difference is it's more of like a digital course type program um, with some really, really big people. So the first one I did was Manifestation Bay, which is Catherine Zankina, um, which was amazing. Like it, it really, cause it's, it's all about like changing your mindset. And I know I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't gotten to work on that first. Um, and then the second one I did was um, Tribe by, which is Stu McLaren. And he's the whole, he's the whole guy about like memberships. I'm like tribe is kind of like the membership program. Um, and then I just decided, I was like, I'm not going to invest anymore. But then there was a payment plan option that was too good. So now I just enrolled in James Wedmore's business by design. So yeah, all three of these people are kind of all like connected with a lot of other people, like, you know, people like Amy Porterfield and stuff like that. Um, so these are all people I really look up to, especially like Catherine Zinkina and James Wedmore. I've been listening to for a long time. I love them. Um, and so none of, none of these programs were very expensive. You know, I'm talking like, okay, maybe you're spending like a thousand dollars or $2,000. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before, you know, I would spend way more than that for like a one-to-one coach. And now I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. Why did mm-hmm. I do that? But um so i'm investing a little bit but honestly i'm like these people are so accomplished they have so much knowledge and like it's just better i i like this method and it's obviously the type of thing that i'm also trying to create it's like instead of one-to-one creating like a course or creating a membership something like that where people can still access your knowledge but without having like your direct one-to-one time yeah yeah i love i, I love the subscription method in general just because like i kind of heard Mike Matthews talking about it on the podcast, actually, it's like, when you think about, like, I think you mentioned Netflix, like the, the, probably one of the first subscriptions out there that really became popular. And it's like, if you think about the value that Netflix can give you for $10 a month, like for me, I mean, I know a lot of people watch a lot more Netflix than me, but I feel like I'm getting my value if I watch, you know, a movie or two a month, maybe every week or something like that. But it's like, if you just think about it in terms of like, how much value can I give somebody for $10 a month, for $15, for $20 a month, and then just scaling that up. If you get, you know, you do the math on your own, whatever you want to make. And it like, it makes me think of the thousand true fans method too. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. basically start out as a blog post, but um, so it's That's like, however, true. yeah. So have like, however, like whatever your vision is for your business, however much you want to make, just really getting, getting down to the brass tacks of like, how much do I need to charge? What does my, um, like target market look like as far as how many people do I need to make this amount of money. And once you get pragmatic with it, I'm sure that it probably makes it start to seem more attainable and not like just some far off vision. Yeah, for sure. And like, that was a huge reason I decided to do the tribe program. Um, so yeah, Stu McLaren. And again, he was like, kind of, it was like, just kind of when COVID was really going crazy. And he was talking so much about memberships and the value of it, especially for the crazy economic times. Um, 
but he was just giving away like he was doing so much for free and he gave like it, it he was doing free workshops and stuff and he gave the whole founding member launch strategy just away for free and then, and he was telling people like do it do it like seriously you could make money before you even have anything and and then have like your your members and then you just create the membership and you can ask them like what is it exactly that you want and it's just a it's a pretty cool system so I just realized, I was like, you know what, like, okay, I'm just going to do this program um, because he just literally lays out, like, exactly everything that you need, like, and there's so many people who are like, yeah, I literally follow the exact steps, and now my membership site is super successful, so yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it is, right, it's like, okay, you do part of your beta tests, make sure those people are happy, and then you keep scaling it, but one thing that he teaches that is pretty cool, and I think is is unique to memberships is apparently the vast majority of membership site owners don't have what he calls a success path mm -hmm. um meaning that it's just like okay people pay for the membership and it's just like all this stuff all this information but there's not really any kind of clear path that they're shown like this is how you actually use it and how you get from where you are now to where you want to be so mm -hmm. he's really adamant about like the main kind of core content of your membership should be this success path and I thought that that was super interesting and it got me like thinking really creatively like okay so how do I do this in terms of fitness and you know like it's obviously such a huge broad thing but then it was cool and like I got it down now to I have very like five distinct stages where I'm like okay the very first stage you're coming in as like a complete beginner probably not very healthy not good habits like you don't mm -hmm. really know anything and that you can go through every single stage and that the the fifth final stage is like my level or your level like to, knows your nutrition knows the gym know everything that you need to know you're fit you're confident like you love it and yeah. yeah and like my members have been saying they're like i really love that you like lay it out and i'm like i think that that makes so much sense because i mean obviously i think there's a lot of fitness subscription type things that people would use anyways even mm -hmm. without a clear path but yeah like I don't really see any of them doing that um, and I think that it's super helpful again especially for like the average person who's looking for fitness advice and just is so confused by it all to yeah. be like okay you're here and you're going to do these specific action items to get to this next stage and then at this next stage you're going to do this and that you're going to eventually get all the way to being a complete pro mm -hmm. and in general i think that probably one of the biggest barriers to entry is just the paralysis by analysis having too much it's like yeah there's a lot of information out there we live in the golden age of the internet but there's almost too much it's like you have to you have to pare it down to being actionable and what someone could actually see themselves doing at least like like you say the person who's untrained or doesn't have experience at least getting some sort of a start just doing something yeah totally yeah they've been telling me that too because obviously you know i i have like the big goals or like i have things like oh i want you to drink a, a gallon of water a day mm -hmm. is like the ultimate goal and the other ultimate goal is that you're consistently walking ten thousand steps a day but it's like, obviously, I don't expect you to come in as a complete beginner and just suddenly be walking 10,000 steps a day mm. drinking a gallon of water if you're never moving and never drinking any water, which is the case for most people. So instead, it's like, this is like the ultimate goal, but you're not going to do it all, 
all right away. And it's like, even those factors being like at this stage, you know, just do 5,000 steps a day and just drink like a liter or two, two mm. liters of water a day. Um, my, and I even like, I did kind of a first draft of my success path. And then I like took it a step even back further. Cause I realized I was like, okay, you know, obviously my goal is that eventually that they're really focused on strength training and building muscle and all that. But it's like the very, very, very first stage I realized I'm like, I actually don't even want them working out at all yet other than just walking. Um, because I'm like, you know, there's people coming in obviously who are just so unhealthy, unfit. And like, if you're like, okay, working out five days a week, let's go. Like it's very mm. overwhelming. So I'm like this very first stage, the only thing, like the main thing I want you to just worry about is eating better. Like focus on your nutrition, get in the habits, get a kitchen scale, start like understanding portion sizes, start having a fruit and vegetable with every meal, um, and then walk and drink water. Okay. You don't even need to worry about working out yet. And then it's like, once that's consistent, then you can now go to the second level, which is now adding in beginner body weight workouts. So it's like mm -hmm. baby steps. And then it's like, okay, now if you master that, now you can start doing some dumbbells. Like, and then the, for me, I'm like, okay, then the next stage is intro to the barbell. And then the final stage is like, now you're like, you're really adding weight on the barbell and you're, you're killing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, and it's good that you have that mindset too, because it's just kind of like you said, people like you and myself, like we've, we've done this stuff for so long. We've ingrained healthy habits that it's easy to get caught up in our own world. And I know for me personally, like I've been focusing on a healthy lifestyle for so long, even though it took a number of years to go to the next level. I mean, it's probably been like 10 years, like I can't even, like just about my whole life that I've drank enough water. And so it's hard for me to sometimes just remember, like, that's a huge first step for somebody drinking two glasses of water a day might be a huge change for them. And not only in like the negative sense of like, they have so far to go, but in the positive sense of even this simple step is going to make someone feel so much better and so much, you know, just more clear about you know, what their goals are, what's going to help them, what's going to change them and help them feel better in the long term. For sure. Yeah. And I think it's just super motivating as well. Like, and that's just what people need initially to not feel overwhelmed by it and to be like, okay, this is actually something I can do. And to be like, oh, and then, you know, that they have this success path laid out and that they can see like, okay, I actually am on the path to the mm -hmm. next level. And they can see how they will eventually get where they really want to be but that it doesn't just have to be like because obviously that's one of the biggest mistakes most people make where they're like okay i want to be fit so now i'm just going to do all of the things overnight yeah. and then it's like, oh, going to stop because it's it's too overwhelming too much, right? right yeah so it's like no, no no baby steps and to lay that out for people is is really helpful mm -hmm. so the other thing that i wanted to get to here is like you talk a lot about and I'm sure that one of the most tangible things is like women and how they struggle with body image and just misconceptions, myths, you know, like you say, strength training. I'm sure that there's even someone of an aversion to that and myths like oh, getting bulky totally. and stuff like that. And so I'm just totally. curious, like, how, like how, I mean, what, what is it like when you address stuff like that? And even further, I'm curious to, I guess, kind of like bounce some ideas off of you because like, I think that it's not stated as much, but guys also kind of battle the same stuff, but they're just not quite 
willing to be as vulnerable as women. So I'm curious, like, if you'd speak a little bit on your experience with that body image and things of that nature. Yeah, so it's funny. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was talking about it with someone, and I was like, the equivalent experience of this for guys is is definitely prevalent, um, mm-hmm. especially in like gym culture, fitness world. But the way that it manifests more for guys is steroid use. Yeah, I was thinking, like the fact that even like guys will be like, oh, you know, the pressure to be like this big jacked guy, mm-hmm. and so if they aren't looking like that, then they're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just take steroids and then I'll look mm-hmm. like that, you know. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> It is, it's pretty crazy to me. Like I've always thought it's, it's such a paradox because the thing that women want more than anything is obviously like this kind of goddess-like physique, like mm-hmm. big, big, small waist, toned, whatever, the, the word that I hate, but it's the word that's used. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like women want this physique more than anything, yet the way that they would get it is the thing that they're the most afraid to do Mm -hmm. or like that they have the, and there's different reasons why, like not all women are afraid to do it because they think that it's going to make them manly or bulky. Although that's definitely a very, very prevalent fear. Um, But some of it's also just like, and I mean, this I can understand is this, it's just like, Oh, it's so intimidating. I hear this all the time. Women are like, I'm so intimidated to go into the gym and go where the weights are. And it's all just like the big guys and like, you know, that I'm supposed to just start like lifting weights. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I get it. Cause I once was in that exact same position. I once felt I was in the same boat, but for me, I'm like, I think it, it always just comes down to not really knowing what you should do and not really being confident or like really believing that it's going to work. Because mm-hmm. for me, it was like, once I found Mike Matthews, once I found the uh, thinner, leaner, stronger, and I read it and I was like, oh, okay, like this is all I gotta do. And then yeah, it I just, just clicks. And, yeah, and then it just it was like knowing, like having it so understood and conceptually made me feel so confident to go in the gym and implement it. I was like, okay, like I can do this. He says go use the barbell and squat. Okay, I'm gonna do that. And then I started to see results so fast, and I was like, whoa. So I think, and that's something I just say too, I'm like, it's so easy to feel intimidated by it or just, just be, or just want to kind of avoid doing it because you're not actually confident that it's going to work or you don't Mm -hmm. really understand how it's going to work. And I'm like, or just even like, you know, that women will say like, they don't like the gym and I'm like, you know, and I can understand not everybody is going to like the gym. Not everybody's going to like strength training, but I'm like, I bet you would like it if you just understood that how simple it can be and how profound the results you can get are going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like you mentioned having the why it's sort of, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty motivated to work out. Like I've enjoyed it intrinsically ever since I was, you know, like 13, 14, but like some days there's definitely those days that I don't want to go, but remembering how important it is. Number one for my body And number two, which is almost like become more of the forefront for me, because, you know, we talked about having these things automated and such just like these healthy habits ingrained. It's like, I don't feel right mentally if I don't go to the gym. And so just remembering how it makes you feel sometimes can push you to, I don't feel like going, but I know I'm going to feel better afterwards. And I know it's going to be a net positive for me. Yeah, for sure. I'm the same. Yeah. I'm just like, that's, that's my, 
you know, it's my drugs <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to go and get high and mm-hmm. gym for sure. And if I'm and not, I think- it's like the, when you, well, the other thing, like when you talk about guys and body image, like I know me personally, it's like, I, I almost wish there was more, I mean, it's never probably going to be as realistic or as cut and dry as this, but there's just not a very realistic standard out there when, first of all, what comes to mind is I never realized that guys that were bodybuilders or guys that were on the cover of like, uh, you know, muscle magazines or whatever. First of all, they're at such a peak condition. They don't feel good. They've been doing all these weird like things, starving themselves, doing this and that, manipulating their hydration and stuff like that. Not to mention like the manipulation of the photo shoot in general. So that's number one. But then number two, like to my personal journey is like, I've, I've always been so long and lanky most of my life. And so I can't look at someone like people in the bodybuilding magazines, like Jay Cutler or Ronnie Coleman or Dorian Yates, guys that I would see online pushing these, these programs. And like, that was my vision of what, what the peak is. But realistically, my body is, is built in such a way that you mentioned steroids. That's number one. But number two, it's like you just, you have different leverage points and you just, you, you have to realize what's healthy and what's, what's going to look the, the, the best for your body because you, you, genetics limit you to a certain extent not in a way that should demotivate anybody but just to realize because i'm tall and skinny genetically i'm never going to look like ronnie coleman or someone like that i don't ever have the genetics to get to that level right yeah definitely um no for sure and it, it is interesting that there's not more more of like a kind of awareness of of it in the in the male realm in the mm-hmm. way that there is in the female realm but yeah i think that's kind of one of these um kind of opposing energies right it's like i think a lot of gender role things in societies it's like if this is feminine then the opposite has to be masculine mm-hmm. it's kind of, and this is one way it's like okay well body image issues and all the things that go with that if that's if that's feminine then the opposite, you know, it can't be mm-hmm. masculine as well, which, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think it's also, I think it's also typically feminine to, you know, be more open and direct about your insecurities and your struggles where like, just like I said, yeah. I know that for a fact, because I felt this way, it's like, you can feel so insecure and, adic- and inadequate as a guy, but it's like, you know, you have to quote unquote, be a man, you know, don't, don't yeah. say stuff like that. Don't be vulnerable. But I think that for me, part of just opening up and realizing where my inadequacies were and where I had questions and where I was feeling insecure, going kind of like digging into those gaps, even though it kind of is tough at first, that's part of the reason I've I've been able to strive now to where I'm at. Yeah, totally. Definitely. That's, that's another huge, um, you know, opposing general thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually such a huge problem. And I mean, I think, there's improvements with it, but there's still a long way to go. But I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. that's like when you find out like the, the main cause of death for like young men is suicide, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's not nearly, I can't remember the stats or anything, but it's like, it's not nearly as common for women. Um, and it's like, okay, that's like a huge problem, but it's mm-hmm. like, you can see how that could happen where it's just like, men are like, Oh, don't, you know, not like, allowed to talk mm-hmm. about my feelings i'm not supposed to whereas women it's like they can just be like i'm depressed i'm sad and people will be like oh mm-hmm. it's okay let's talk about it and mm-hmm. so like they definitely are able to process better 
Yeah. And I think that like I like I tell people all the time, one of the most useful things I ever did was going to counseling because it really it helps you kind of realize your frame of mind. And, you know, you can do this in a lot of different ways. I'm kind of capable now of doing it myself, like journaling and meditating, but just getting clear on like, what are my what, what do I feel like my inadequacies are? What what is holding me up mentally? And I think that it's it's just so empowering. Like, I think that years ago, I could have never imagined how confident and how self-sustaining I could be if I really just addressed where I was falling short and where I was struggling in that way. Yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah. Doing any amount of just like mindset work is is so important. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I I did therapy way back in university because I was like struggling with a lot of anxiety at that time. But that's been something I've been working on so much during this whole quarantine. Like, again, like I said, I did um, manifestation bay program in April and that was like really, really life-changing. And I've just, ever since I've just been reading so much, like reading so many books and just practicing it as well. You know, just all the things, but like mindset manifestation, like learning about your subconscious. And it's just like, it's so fascinating. And I'm like, wow, like, it's crazy. More people just don't understand. Like even the simple fact, realizing that, okay, your subconscious is responsible for like, we don't even know, but it's between 95 to 99% of everything that you do. And our actual conscious reality is only one Mm -hmm. to 5%. And it's like, when you actually think about that and let that sink in, it's like, really, you're like, okay, so what I actually think is real life, what I actually think is my experience is not is not even that it's like such mm-hmm. a drop in the box drop in the bucket and like whatever i'm experiencing in this conscious reality is largely determined by whatever's going on in my subconscious and mm-hmm. you know it's like if you keep manifesting results that you don't like in your conscious reality it means you know obviously you have reoccurring thought patterns you have beliefs in your subconscious that are presenting it in your conscious reality so the only way that you can change that is by taking very, very deliberate action in your conscious reality to like, be like, I am going to like say this, you know, Mm -hmm. this new belief again and again and again, and like meditate on it until Mm -hmm. my subconscious actually it's heard it enough times that it starts to now reiterate it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big believer in like creating a positive echo chamber for yourself. Like for me, I think that, people would probably be surprised or are surprised like how often I am reading books or listening to podcasts. And it's like, I'm not necessarily like being super intent on every single thing that I read, but I just want to have like a constant stream of positivity. And I think that for in an age where information is so prevalent, you have to make sure that the information that's coming in is positive because just as easy as it is for you and I, like going back to the fitness example, at, at a certain point, you realize how easy it can be to habituate healthy habits, working out, eating healthy. But at the same time, there's also people that have habituated poor eating and not exercising and stuff that is a detriment to your health. So I think that either way you look at it, it's, it's always comes down to habit and you have to have positive streams coming in. And just like you talk about your group, that's probably why people see so much value in it because I'm guessing it's not only interaction with you, but interaction with people that are on the same course and have the same questions and are feeding off each other, giving each other encouragement, stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is actually a really good 
concept that I first learned from James Wedmore, whose course I am now in. Um, he has a great podcast, by the way, if anyone ever wants to check it out, it like literally changed my life. It's called Mind Your Business, because um, that's what he's really big about. Obviously, he's super successful in business, but he's so adamant about like, it's not about you know, and I see now how I did this last year by always hiring the next business coach. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. this business coach is going to like show me the way. But it's mm -hmm. like, the problem is it's not, and it's, it's funny. And I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, oh, it's like similar how people are with fitness, right? Where like, we're all like, people are always looking for like the next thing. Like this, mm -hmm. this is going to be the secret thing that has all the answers when really like in the case of, yeah, like, business let's say it's like it's not about the strategy it's about your mindset that's mm -hmm. the problem you know and with fitness it's like it's not the diet like any one diet or any one type of whatever it's like your overall habits it's like your overall right. nutrition and quality of food and lifestyle habits not like oh just don't eat these foods and suddenly the magic happens mm -hmm. you know um but yeah point is he talks about how and again this relates to the whole uh, conscious subconscious thing because he's like you know your conscious reality whatever it is that you're giving your attention to whatever you're focusing on at any given time like whatever it is that you're hearing seeing experiencing you know your conscious reality is picking up a certain amount of that which is what you're aware of but your subconscious mind is picking up a whole lot more so he just made a point of being like you know, you have to be very cautious and very mindful about what you give your attention to, who mm. you give your attention to, because he's like, all of it is going to affect you without you even realizing it. Because again, it's like your subconscious is picking up on so much that you don't even know. So it's like, yeah, like it, you have to ask yourself that. And I just thought that was so eye-opening. It's like, what? what are you allowing your attention to be on? And like, yeah. is it actually serving you or not? Is it going mm -hmm. to negatively impact your life, whether or not you're consciously aware of it? Yeah, that's why I think negativity is so taxing too. Like if you, you have a couple of people in your life that always speak negatively, even though you might brush it off, like, oh, you know, I'm positive. I don't, I don't listen to what they say. Going back to the subconscious, it's like, yeah, maybe you don't internalize it or like, you know, let it, let it feed you. But at, at some unconscious level, you're hearing this and it's, and it's factoring into what you believe, what you do. Like my last two podcasts have kind of been on this topic too. Uh, I do these like five minute ones on Saturdays. And so I talked about like vision and optimism essentially, where if you just, like we talked about having a goal, having things that you're shooting for. And then at the same time, just like being positive, like I talked on another podcast with my friend Lawrence about the fact that it's just another example with coronavirus. There's a million things you could talk about that are negative. It is a highly negative thing, but there's also a handful of things that are positive. It's, it's moving the world towards the future and more online communication and more remote things like that. Hopefully it's helping people to focus on how delicate our relationships are, especially with older people like grandmas and grandpas. It can help you to focus on, you know, maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't very healthy and you kind of saw yourself as higher risk. So you take the opportunity to, be, to become healthier. And as you improve your, your overall health, whether that be through, you know, hopefully strength training and diet and stuff like that, that's going to boost your immunity a huge amount too. Uh, I think that I've heard multiple times that one of the biggest, um, 
like impediments to recovering from the viruses like obesity and diseases along that of that nature. So just another reason to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And I mean, there's a reason that they say, right? Like you're, you're a mirror of the five people you spend the most mm-hmm. time with, right? And mm-hmm. like, that's something, yeah, I think, you know, before, I definitely would hang around more people who were kind of like negative and stuff. And yeah, like I have that attitude of like, oh, well, like, you know, whatever. I, I don't like say those things, so it's okay. But like now I'm very, very cautious, you know, I'm just like, if, if I can just like, if you have like negative energy, whatever, like, I'm just not going to allow my attention to be on you. You know, I'm not going to allow mm-hmm. you into my realm because it's like, now I do understand that it's like, even if you can like say, as you're saying to be like, but I'm not like that. It's like, it is still going to influence me. I'm still letting you into my my realm of perception mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. So it's like, why would I choose to be around people who are like espousing so many limiting beliefs when I could choose to be around people who are going to empower and uplift me, you know? Yeah. And it almost feels like to me, it seems especially tangible, like people that are my age and their mid twenties, it seems like it's almost like an aspect of that insecurity where it's like being apathetic is almost, it's, it's like, looked upon as like a virtue it's like oh you know there, you see people that are like oh i don't care you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket and stuff like that and like i said about the always being optimistic there's there's a positive to every negative and you just you can't hang around those people that are constantly feeling bad th- for themselves looking at the negative in the world and you it's the more the more you can put yourself in a in a constant stream of positivity the easier it is to see the positive Right. And it's like, it's the idea too. And I was watching one of Wedmore's videos on this inside business mm-hmm. by design inside the program. But like, of course I had already read a lot about this and understood it, but I started to think about it on an even deeper level. And, you know, he's just talking about how, of course, the most successful people take a hundred percent responsibility for everything. And when I first came across that concept was from Jack Canfield and the success principles. And it already mm-hmm. blew my mind, but he was like, digging into it, I was like, wow, it's like even more taking of responsibility than I had even thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it really is, he's like, it's not even about, he's like, really what it is, is like when you don't accept responsibility for your life, what you're actually doing is giving away your power, right? Because mm-hmm. you're just being like, this is happening to me and there's nothing that I can do. It's like, but that's actually not true. It's like, we, we are all such powerful limitless beings Mm -hmm. connected to the the universe you know um and but it's just when we cut ourselves off from that it's like now you're just like giving away your power and being like there's nothing i can do about this but really there's always something you can do about it's just whether or not Mm -hmm. you choose to believe that yeah it's a very stoic philosophy i'm a big fan of like stoicism especially like i love reading and listening to ryan holiday and like the daily stoic i don't know if you've ever heard of any of his books but they've become pretty popular but I'm a big fan of, of those beliefs. And another person, I don't know if you've ever checked out, but Sam Harris, you're familiar with him or his, his uh, app, the waking up app. Um, yeah, I remember him from like years ago, but, mm. but yeah, no, cause he has a, it's like a meditation. Well, you're, you're talking about like consciousness and like yeah. the, the beliefs and stuff like that. That's a lot of what he talks about. The waking up app is actually a meditation app, but then he also has his podcast and he's just kind of like a, a public figure that he's just very focused on like, 
the pragmatic, the, the not even necessarily like an uplifting positive sort of person. I mean, he is, but he's more of just like the very real and raw, like you are what you allow into your subconscious, kind of like you've been, you've been talking about, like, that's what it reminded me of. And he, that's kind of what he talks about. And he leads his meditations. And that's kind of what he talks about too, just being like a, a product of your thoughts and emotions and like taking the waking up course and trying to do daily meditations has been huge for me too. And he's a really good guide for getting started for that. Oh, cool. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. No, I mean, I've just been <laughs> binging this stuff for the last few months now and mm-hmm. there's no signs of stopping. Like, I just yeah. Keep- it's, a, it's like, it's like the more, it's just like that positivity, that, that, that positive mindset. It's like, this person leads you to this person, this person comes on this person's podcast and you're like, Oh, I like what he has to say. Like, it's like, it's, it's cool to have this like huge tribe of influences, especially being in the age of the internet. You can go look at this person's podcast, YouTube page, blogs, Instagram, like yeah. it's, it's, there's a lot of opportunities out there to find the people that drive you and motivate you. For sure. Yeah. I have a Kindle, which has been so great as a traveler, especially mm-hmm. I didn't have one before, but yeah. And I'm just, I just love that. I can be like, oh, I want to read that book. Ding, mm-hmm. here, I have it now. <laughs> so I've been... Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Kindle too. Are you reading anything right now specifically? Yeah, I actually just started reading. It's my first ever Tony Robbins book. Um, and I can't even remember what the name of it is because it's on the Kindle. And I just like saw it like, you know, because it's kind of like recommended. And then I'm just like, oh, that looks cool. And then you click it and start reading it. Is it Awaken um, the Giant Within? by chance no i don't think so um he has i know so that he much. also has unshakable and money master the game those are the ones that i've heard of yeah no i know well the thing is he's maybe i yeah i'll have to message it to you after because because so I'm, I'm reading this book and like i was i'm it's actually a pretty long book but i'm, I'm really enjoying it so much i was like a couple you know the first few chapters first sure it was all still really good stuff but then now he's like really I guess it's kind of the first time I'm really learning more about like the nitty-gritty of NLP Mm. and he's like talking about that a lot and like I'm not sure what that is oh neuro-linguistic programming okay yeah so I you know I hear this term thrown around and like I knew generally what it is and obviously it's all kind of tied in with like the whole idea right it's like the language you speak and how it Mm -hmm. corresponds to like your nervous system and therefore the the reality you create and like the action you take and how Mm -hmm. it depend how it determines your emotions and like your state um but yeah so it's like I knew the general concept but now he's like in the book he's getting really into it and like it is so fascinating I'm like I literally have my my mind blown right now Mm -hmm. because he's pretty much talking about how it's so cool, but he's like any, like anything that's in your head, any, whether it's an actual memory or just like, just you thinking in your head, he's like, there's a way like he calls it sub modalities that it's happening. Right. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay. And he was talking about, he's like, people come to me and they say, I'm depressed. And he, he's like, I ask them, how do you do that? And they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, if I'm you, how is it that you're thinking right now that's making you depressed? And then he like gets, he's like, it's the voice you hear. Is it a dialogue or is it a monologue? Is the voice mm-hmm. loud or quiet? Um, is the image bright or dark? Like, 
and he and he just talks about it through all your senses but he's a, a mainly like your visual um auditory and kinesthetic and yeah he's like anything anything that's in your brain has all these submodalities he talks about how he's like okay you can take something that's negative and you can make it positive by thinking about when you think of something positive how does it appear to you what are the submodalities is it bright mm -hmm. is it loud like all these things he's like now when you imagine the negative things like change like warp how you see the negative thing and start to give it some of those qualities and he's like mm -hmm. all this like it's literally going to change and he's like that actually happens in your nervous system that your nervous system will now respond differently which will kind of eliminate the the negativity it's so fascinating i'm like wow like i've been doing all this mindset manifestation stuff and i hadn't come across like nitty-gritty like this and it's yeah like, yeah really, i love really the i love the mix of the anecdotal stuff that we know that we can see like think positive obviously that's a good thing but it's like what's some people like i'm a little bit more analytical so i love to hear what's the science behind it what's the evidence what's it doing biologically neurochemically stuff like that it's always interesting to hear that it's not just the the you know stuff that we feel or that we know to be true it's like it's it really is happening in your body yeah yeah exactly and it's it's that's what I thought, what, what I'm finding so interesting is he's like, how do you, you know, like think positively, but he's like, okay, but how do you do that in the actual sense of like, quite literally, like what is the details of the way in which you think positively? Mm -hmm. Like, is it like this or is it like this? Is it like this? And then he's talking a lot too, just about like modeling. Um, he's like, you know, the way anybody can achieve success or achieve excellence is simply by modeling exactly what others have done and he's mm, kind of talking mm -hmm. about that first and i'm like obviously you know i've heard this you know success leaves clues kind of idea but now i realize he's like no, no no when i'm saying like model it i mean like no step by step like how do they actually think what is the what is the way that their thoughts are even showing up like, mm -hmm. is it right is it loud is it a monologue is it dialogue all the things and it was just like oh wow okay this is like next level <laughs> yeah anyone that you listen to that's like has made a name for themselves or something like that i think that what always separates them is the mindset they've changed their mindset in a certain way they think in a certain way like i'm a big fan of tim ferris and joe rogan and anyone that is a writer or a speaker or has some sort of a platform that isn't just like mainstream media. It's because they think a certain way and people want to listen to that. And like you said, like you can glean that off somebody too, if you listen to them enough and really internalize what they have to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. And you say these names and I'm like, ah, like mm -hmm. there's still so much more I have yet to check out. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just like I said, like one thing always leads to another with people like this. Uh-huh. Totally. Well, I think that's about our time. If there's anything uh, you want to end with, let people know where they can find you on social media, find your group if they want to do so. Yeah, sure. So um, I just put together, and this is what I'm going to be doing, um, what I just did the Facebook ad for today. Um, but yeah, I made this really, really wonderful downloadable PDF um, for women, for nutrition and fitness because um, my whole thing is you know I call it fitness freedom because essentially you know 
obviously there's bad fitness and diet advice out there, but I really do think it's particularly bad for women because it's like it, they're really told to do the exact opposite of what they mm-hmm. should be doing. And like, that's I've such a that, difference. Yeah. It is such a different, like, and you know, you were talking about like the body image issues and stuff and it's like, yeah, it exists for men, but it's, it's still very different in the sense that, okay, men, maybe they don't necessarily know like all the ins and outs of building muscle and building strength, but they still know that building muscle and building strength is something that they yeah. would want to do. And it's they at know, least in like, a better direction, probably. Yeah. Like, they know it's like, Oh, that's what I should do. Like that's masculine. Mm-hmm. Like they know, like I should go in the gym and like bench press. Like, usually mm-hmm. at least they'll know how to bench press. Right. Maybe, maybe they're going to like skip their squats and deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but for women, it's like the opposite, right? They're taught like, oh, just starve yourself and do tons of cardio right. and then skinny. Um, so that's really the stuff that like gets me fired up for women in this industry where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this brainwashing is so bad and it's just so ironic because it's like you actually need to do the, the opposite. So that's kind of like my slogan now. So I'm like, you need to eat more and work out less. Mm-hmm. But you've been taught your whole life that you need to eat less and work out more. It's actually yeah. not true. You need to do the opposite. So pretty much, yeah, I put together this this great guide that shows you exactly how to do that. Um, so I put all these follow along workout videos that are linked to the YouTube that I just started. Um, but yeah, and I have it because I really got into body weight training in quarantine when there was no gym, which was right. great because. Definitely, I will say before quarantine, I was kind of biased towards like, eh, body weight training, like no, at mm-hmm. all, no. But then I had to learn it because I had no other option. And I realized I'm like, you know, I'm always still going to be, I think, more into the gym just because I just love it. Um, but body weight training is still pretty legit when you just have to kind of learn how to do it. So yeah, I have a program like within this guide. It's like, okay, here's what to do if you're a beginner body weight. Here's what to do for advanced body weight. And here's what to do if you have actual dumbbell access and how to train with Mm -hmm. dumbbells. Um, And then as well, it's like, okay, here's a bunch of like, here's a full meal plan idea. If you you are an omnivore or also if you're vegan, if you're plant-based. Anyways, you can download all of this at nomadicfitness.com slash fitness freedom game plan. That's what it's called. We'll put the link in the show notes so they can just go right there. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I'm like, if, if you want just to dive into my, how I understand health and fitness and like what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do to help women in this industry, that's a good starting place. And yeah, if you have any women listening to your podcast, they should definitely check it out. It's a good starting point. All right. Well, sounds good, Megan. Thanks again for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Hey, it's Jake again. If this podcast provided you any value, I'd encourage you to share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. In addition, it'd really help me out a lot if you would go and subscribe or leave a review for my podcast. It's super easy. And in addition, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love for you to reach out to me by email or Instagram DM, which can both be found on my website. Thanks.